You're simply going to love this episode of the Sleep Whisperer podcast with Simone Young and Otto. Simone is an earth custodian, intuitive healer and a plant-based chef in Bali. He's the founder of the New Earth School which teaches through strengthening our connection to self, others and the earth. He's been focused on serving entirely plant-based cuisine, hosts leading edge events around connection and human consciousness. He envisions humanity finding harmony with nature yet again as the current changes on earth are forcing us to question our outdated habits and create new wholesome ways of living. This is simply a wonderfully profound and sensitive episode as we go deep into the spiritual aspects of cooking and you really need to take a listen to how gentle a soul he is as we go through everything from choosing the right ingredients in the right way how to put them together and how to create food that is balanced spiritually for better sleep if you love the show as much as i loved recording it with him do leave us a review so that we can get more great guests to the show and on a lighter note you'd love to take a look at his facebook page and instagram page because simon is a very sexy looking chef so do take a listen and enjoy the show today welcome to the sleep whisperer podcast i'm your host deepa Join me and my many expert guests and medical professionals from the cutting-edge science of functional medicine of the West and ancient wisdom of the East. Learn all about how to discover your root causes of poor sleep and understand the proper tools and techniques to end your confusion and begin getting a good night's sleep. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Simon great to have you on the Sleep Whisperer podcast and today we are talking about something which I think a lot of people can use which is cooking for better sleep and I can't think of somebody who's more suited to this than you uh so before i mean bali out there looking gorgeous behind you inviting me to come there right now How did you end up in Bali? What is your story? Just share a little bit about Simon Bali and your life in Bali. I believe Bali called me here. I believe Bali is is one of those um very I mean m- many people in India will understand this because of your rich traditions in the Ayurvedic and the knowledge of the chakras. I truly believe that Bali is an important acupuncture point an important chakra point on the earth and so what i feel is that whatever happens here in bali ripples into the world and those of us who have the privilege and honor to be here in bali um we have to very much sort of adhere to that understanding and really dedicate our life to something greater is our life going to be fruitful here in bali Yeah, and so that's something that I that I understand every day that I'm in Bali. I'm thankful 
Mm, and I and I honor it and I understand it to be in service of something greater. And the moment Mother Bali would say, Simon, it's time to go, then equally I would move on. So I'm saying that I don't have a lot of identification with I live in Bali, but I, I it felt very much aligned for me to come here. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. And so I could give you all the practical details, but really the reality is that I was living as a uh, working as a chef and living in Australia and Sydney for seven years prior to moving to Bali seven years ago and uh, and I was doing a lot of inner work spiritual journey working on myself trying to improve my lives in a lot of different areas and I started having dreams about moving to Bali and about climbing the highest mountain in Bali which I did it's Gunung Agung which one has recently erupted and after climbing that mountain, I just had a strong feeling it's, it's time to move here. And I showed up in Bali with little money and a backpack and, and just uh, and very good, uh, in a very good mood and just wanted to share my love of food with the local people here. And that's seven years ago. And I ended up living in a silent retreat center um, for five years, uh, which was a really great blank canvas for me to explore um, what food could really mean to humans if it's not just about feeding ourselves. And yeah. that silent retreat center became basically the basis where I developed a food philosophy that I call New Earth Cooking, um, which is not a doctrine or a diet or a set way of doing things, but it's an invitation for humans to start questioning, like, why are we eating what we're eating? Why are we, how are we living? Why are we living how we are living? And how does it impact ourselves and, and the earth? And so it's trusting in, in humans' innate intelligence that's alive inside of us to find our way to a better place if we're willing to go there. And so it's, it's a very meditative, inquisitive, inward uh, uh, philosophy. And also sounds like a lot of surrender, which I really struggle with about just going with the flow. Uh, but sounds beautiful. And you know, when you spoke about Bali as being an energy point on the earth, uh, Simon, there was a time when I was in the Himalayas and they spoke about India having these chakra points along its whole um, uh, the mother India where where the base is really at the tip which is considered like the root chakra uh, which mm. is at the tip of uh, Trivandrum and then at the top is Mount Kailash which is considered the crown uh, and yeah, yeah. along the way there are all the other chakra points so it's very similar and it's beautiful because we also say in yoga that uh, when the student is uh, ready, the master arrives. So it sounds like Bali calling you. And that's how we say that yoga calls you. You don't actually decide to one day say, I will end up in yoga. That, that's a beautiful journey. It's also lovely to hear that when you say Bali will tell you to move on and you'll be ready to do that. I think that's the state that we all really want to uh, reach. and. I do talk a lot about how when it comes to sleep, if um, when you're cooking, if you have this strong intention that the food you're about to prepare and eat is created to bring in this energy to help you get better sleep, it's like alchemy. 
Uh, and that's what you spoke about. So that's what I really want to get into with you because I think today in the fast-paced life of processed food and quick eating, this perhaps this mindfulness has been lost. But tell me, before we get into our actual conversation, did you ever have times of poor sleep yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I have, um, I have dealt oftentimes with uh, overwhelm because mm. I'm a highly sensitive person and not taking care of myself enough and my nervous system being overstimulated, which then resulted in poor sleep. But I don't see that as a problem. It was a great opportunity for me um, to go, okay, so I'm not sleeping well. Clearly, I need to change something. So again, I don't see things in the world as problems. I see every discomfort as an opportunity for us to evolve and that translates for me like everything that's happening in the world today there's seemingly a lot of problems this is really the time for us where we are being sort of squeezed into better ways so it's also a really exciting time so yes i've had problems sleeping and yes i feel they've made me stronger and at the moment i'm in a place where i have good night's sleep and i seem to uh, yeah seem to reach a, a nice place there so very grateful for that yeah, so let's dive into our alchemy of cooking today with you, Simon. And I'm just going to talk about, see, you've said a little about your philosophy of New Earth School Bali, growing, cooking, healing, empowering people through food by facilitating yeah. connection with self, others, and earth in a playful way. Tell us about this. How, what, what is this space? Mm. And so when I was at Bali Silent Retreat, I had five years of living in nature on the land. And my journey there as a chef was about, I had a desire to start growing our own food and cooking a certain food. And let me just tell you what I bumped into, the big obstacle was myself. What I bumped into was an overactive, over-rational, over-stimulated, over-masculine, over-go-getter uh, <laughs> side of me that just wanted to come to Bali and sort things out and just say, okay, we're going to do organic food. We're going to meditate. We're going to make this place, you know, we're going to make Bali great again. I'm joking. It's like, and, and that attitude didn't flow very well here because Bali has a mother. And Bali has this sort of innate wisdom. It's, it's probably, I've never been to India, but it's what I hear from people yes. when they come to India, Westerners, what they experience. Yeah. It's like, it's a complete mess for them. Yet it was the greatest lesson they've ever learned because it showed them to surrender, right? And there was so yeah. much wisdom, so much wisdom in the mess because we grow up in such rational societies and that rationalism and structure. We see that now being exported to countries like India and Bali, but anyway, I bumped into that part of me myself. And at some point I had a piece of land that was given to me and I was sitting on this land and I was trying to grow parsley in the jungle and it just didn't work. And I'm sitting there bleeding, sweating, crying, asking mother earth, you know, what do I do? What am I doing wrong? I got the right intentions, right? I want to grow healthy food. And um, the answer came from a pumpkin. <laughs> There was, a, as I was sitting there looking at my pathetic 
uh, a parsley that just didn't want to grow because I was telling it to grow, but it wasn't really actually in the right space. A pumpkin had crawled out of my compost heap, but it accidentally sprouted and it crawled and it almost sat on top of my little parsley patch. And it was like it was saying to me, you're having pumpkin for dinner. Okay. And so that's when an old Balinese man walked by and he looked at me and he saw me. He's like, who is this mm. white guy sweating away on this land? And then he looked at the pumpkin and it wasn't fruiting yet. But he looked at it and he said, hey, look, in Indonesian, he, he grabbed one of the pumpkin tips and he ripped it off and he said, you can eat this too. And it was such a message of surrender to me. If I start listening to the earth, to the feminine principle, to actually what wants to happen here, if I start going with the flow and just trust with my intentions, it will happen. And if I have the willingness to understand those things I don't understand yet, great things will happen from there. And that's how New Earth Cooking was born. It is the basic recognition that right now in the world, we're dealing with a massive imbalance. And the imbalance we might call in between masculine and feminine, but we're not speaking gender here. It's the imbalance between the yin and the yang. Yes, yes. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. And so yeah. In, yeah. Instead, of, instead of tackling all the problems and building schools that teach you how to deal with problems, I felt it is time to dive straight into the foundational imbalance in ourselves and then create places where other people can experience that for themselves. And so connecting to the self first, connecting to each other, connecting to the earth, and then we start cooking. The cooking, the play, the games, the events, whatever is born from there, they are just the fruits. But we're not focusing on fruit trees that produce a lot of fruit. We're focusing on soil. That's why the word soil and the word soul are so connected because if we focus yeah. on the soul of ourselves and the soil of the world, the fruits will come and we just have to let go of what kind of fruits they have to be. So this is what our school is. It's a playground that holds space for that. And as a result, we have beautiful fruits, which includes recipes of cooking and ways of doing things. But joy has to start at that level, at that foundational level of adhering to the imbalance inside of us not looking at the problem. So similarly today, we're speaking about uh, sleeping problems. I would say there are a million different reasons why people have trouble sleeping. And the only one who can truly find out the person themselves by digging inside of them and feeling, where am I out of balance? And how can I come back into balance? So a good night's sleep will be the natural result. So thank you to those bad nights sleep because they are here calling me back rather than Simon saying, well, if only you drink this herbal tea, you'll sleep better. Even though there are herbal teas that will support you. Ultimately, the sleep problems are the teacher. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really, I think it is very, very, and I also talk about this, Simon, that there is no magical pill protocol herb or drink for anything. We really have to tune into ourselves and listen to and I always tell people exactly what you're saying that uh, even there is no negative feedback everything is just clues as to giving you insight and understanding into what's happening within and then from that you get a 
a guide or a roadmap of sorts of where to go next. And that's beautiful. I can't actually wait to come to Bali and see this space and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, how about, yes, how can you actually empower people uh, to cook for better sleep? Uh, and I want to just tell you that in Ayurveda, there's this philosophy that um, how you take part in whatever you're saying, taking part in the process of creation of food, the soil, it's all a sadhana, it's a meditation, it's a, a, some, a spiritual aspect and that's where you the healing truly begins. So uh, how would you uh, say that people who are within lives outside of Bali, how can they empower themselves to cook for better sleep? Mm. Yeah, I think the first step for anyone to take is that willingness to look deeper at themselves. So if someone is here, you know, watching this uh, podcast and just wanting a fix, Let's say, look, I am willing and I know everyone is willing to share this herb or this food is going to do it. But unless someone has the willingness to dive deeper, I don't think those herbs are truly going to help in the long run. And so it is a, it is a recognition. It is a recognition of that, that, you know, the most important thing is that the sleep, the sleeping problem is not really the problem. It's the invite. It's the symptom of the imbalance. And yes. Oftentimes what we're going to see is that people are probably overstimulated. People have probably gone too busy and, and, and food, you know, if we're looking at fast food and people stop cooking and they start eating food that's not cooked by people who truly care about them, they are just um, a result of that underlying imbalance. So like you're saying before, which I wholeheartedly agree with, when we start cooking food again with intention, and with love and with care, that in itself is going to be a major change. And also, if right now the body is craving a lot of the, in, in Ayurveda, they would refer to this more the pita uh, uh, types of foods, so or the, fri- the hot and yeah. the fried. I see this a lot in, in the world today, it's that, that really sort of spicy, and spice is great, you know, but an overly spicy, fried, fast, uh, the color would be red, sort of these aspects of food. I mean, no wonder we're struggling sleeping at night. But instead of changing yes. our diet and becoming frustrated, like, oh, now I have to eat this bland food, it's to go, okay, what is inside of me that's craving all this stimulation? And instead of using food to patch that up, let's go deeper. And again, that comes then taking time to meditate. And now something interesting is going to happen to people. Once they make that decision, okay, instead of fixing it with an outer solution, which will come, you know, changing the the diet, I have to start looking at myself. We're going to bump into trauma. We're going to bump into pain and the suffering and the childhood trauma and the deeper seated issues and the imbalanced relationships and the jobs that we don't like and all of the things in life that are representation of that unaddressed pain. And we're going to bump into that now. And now it's time to start really gently addressing that. And like you said before, I'm liking your wisdom, is when the student is ready, the teacher will show up, etc. Similarly, when we are ready to look within, the right avenues are going to come along, you know, the support groups, 
the, the networks, the healers, whatever it takes, you know, the online sharing group, they will come appear in order to support us. And so yeah. it's like that alignment of healing. Yeah? And I cannot predict what will happen for someone once they make that decision, but it yeah. will. And that's, that's, that's exactly how we function at our school. When people come and learn recipes at our school, uh, we're going to first look at ourselves and then we're going to get into, and then we're going to come in with better ways of cooking, yeah? better ways of eating. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, beautiful. In fact, uh, Simon, when you spoke about the flavor of how everyone is uh, looking at the spice and the chilies, in fact, I feel that that can be very insightful about um, what's going on inside because now I love, I want the subtle flavors of the fresh ingredients and I don't want them overloaded and covered up by too many spices. Mm. Uh, probably I wasn't that way many, many years ago. I did want the potent spices, but now I crave that subtle flavors of freshness. Uh, yeah. And I don't like that covered. So I think that's beautiful and I'm tempted to come this week and learn cooking from you in Bali, Simon. It sounds like this magical place that you created. So how about we talk about um, what should actually go into cooking for better sleep and we're going to think of three aspects from concept to creation to consumption. So what should go into all these three stages in order to actually become that alchemy of food for better sleep. Okay. Well, I could share with you what are the, the, the three stages at our cooking school, which are absolutely vital yeah. before yeah. we even That's... enter the kitchen. Yeah. Absolutely. So the first step is for us that we, we run a, what we call the morning circle. Everyone at the school as an individual emanates a certain energy at any given time. And as we are creating food together in the kitchen, it is very important to harmonize our energies. You know, some of us yeah. might be dealing with issues at home. Some people might be feeling like frustrated and some people might be really happy. But ultimately, if we harmonize, the ecosystem can balance us out. So we get together in the morning and we meditate, we chant some mantras and we do a round of sharing. And the sharing really encourages honesty and authenticity. And so this is not a place to hide and because at the end of the day, energy speaks louder than words. And so you could sit there and smiling and say, no, I'm fine. But in the meantime, you're sitting there being frustrated. It's better to speak up and say, okay, I had a really difficult time yesterday with my husband and I'm here today and here I am. And then the others might say, that's okay. We don't judge you for having problems yeah. in life, okay? It's welcome here. And what we find is if we give space for the good and the bad, so to speak, the dark and the light to be there, the ecosystem that we are as humans can rebalance that. And so it's a very important part of our day mm -hmm. to come together and sometimes we hold hands, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We have more techniques there that, uh, that we can share in another podcast. And, and this really sets a beautiful base energy. And so secondly, we, um, so that's connecting to the self. 
and through the sharing circles, yes. we connect to each other. So these are really two parts there already. So connecting to self through meditation and then connecting to others. And then the next step is to connect to the earth. And so we go barefoot, we go into the gardens and we connect to the land and we take time to honor all of the other living creatures that we are sharing this earth with. And we realizing that the abundance that we are receiving is actually a result of the balance with all life. There's no way that we could just go out and ignore all the other living beings and still in the long run, you know, get abundance. And that's what we see in farming today. Farming has become degenerative. The more a modern farmer goes along with his work, the more degraded the soil becomes. And, um, and there's an, yeah. And so we've seen great examples of this in India right where yeah. the modern farmer systems has caused tremendous turmoil and even the, the famous like suicides the infamous suicides have been happening yeah. amongst farmers and that has its cause yes. in the losing the connection with the earth and becoming degenerative and i get goosebumps saying this because it's so vitally important now for humans that we start seeing yeah. that recognizing that there's no way in the long run we can degrade the earth and still have abundance but that is the ecosystem itself it's the connection to all life forms that creates abundance that when we are collaborating we're all better off and that's something that i can tell you but when you're in nature that's something that you'll naturally start to understand without even talking about it so it's very important for us that we do some yeah. level of connecting to nature and at home even if you live in an apartment block that could mean having one pot of uh, herbs on your balcony and your ritual is that before cooking you go and snip some of those herbs and you thank the herbs before you sprinkle them yeah. onto your food connecting to nature is always possible because you are nature you're not separate from it so the moment you put your hand on your heart or the moment you realize that there are microbes on your skin that nature is everywhere you're there it's just the acknowledgement and what we find is that in those after those three steps inspiration comes in spirit we get inspired by the ingredients to say okay what shall we create with them and the creation never comes from the head from a rigid cookbook um, but it comes from that place of um, first and foremost of hey I feel like cooking this because my body is calling for it and the ingredients are calling for it. the recipe which is the masculine side is more like a backup there to help you along like a structure not overshadowing you but sort of going like okay here is the you know because I'm not against structure uh, but I just feel they got to be in balance uh, with the flow yeah. structure and flow they got to balance each other out yeah, that's beautiful. In fact, um, I think uh, creativity also comes from um, just getting out of ruts, don't you think, Simon? Because I find uh, when I tell people who I work with for nutrition, just don't buy the same things that you bought last week. Explore yeah. the new ingredients and then creativity just flows. And when you spoke about barefoot, I encourage people to go barefoot walking everywhere. It's a such a grounding tool it uh, and my husband goes around our farm and he says i'm going to be with my babies and uh, mm -hmm. he says it's a zen zone of meditation so he says they are my children yeah. so i need to go spend some time with them and that's all what you're saying but um let's now go a little deeper since you've set the ground for actually 
uh, intention and connecting to Mother Earth and letting that. Uh, and it's a beautiful, what I really took away from that was um, the recipe. Look at the recipe as a masculine aspect, but do bring in the flow and the creativity and have fun. Have fun with the cooking process. Let it not become so rigid. That's a beautiful takeaway because whoever is anywhere in the world, that's something they can bring into their uh, creation, consumption, cooking right now about just looking at that recipe as part of the picture, but also having fun and just playing around with it. Uh, what are five great ingredients that you would actually choose if you could? I know that you just let the earth guide you, but if you could choose five ingredients to create a plate for a meal for better sleep, what are those five ingredients that you would find yourself moving towards? Yeah, because wherever you are around the world, there's going to be different ingredients available. And I always encourage people uh, to work with local ingredients, but I, I I'll show you. Yes. Uh, there's a few there's a few things available to us as mankind that I believe are really really great healers, and one is coming from the mushroom kingdom, and um, I, I believe mm. mushrooms are extraordinary creatures because they're not plants, they're not animals, they're a whole different class in their own right. And they have an amazing effect on our brain. And there are a number of mushrooms that are shown to be incredibly medicinal. And I brought three examples along. It's the uh, chaga. Uh, it's the chaga. Uh, uh, it's the, the lion's mane. Okay. Mm. And, it's the, and it's the turkey tail. So these are three wow. types of mushrooms. Uh, reishi is another one. So chaga, lion's mane, turkey tail, reishi that are proven to have incredible benefits on yeah. our brain. And so because we've, we've gone so far out of balance, uh, sometimes we do need someone to come along and help us a little bit out of this. So by um, yeah. taking these uh, mushrooms, I think we can really make leaps and bounds. The other thing is that um, I just... Don't recommend uh, coffee for people who are already overstimulated. Yeah. But I do know that it's sometimes difficult to give up coffee. Um, I personally uh, have given up coffee myself. And what I do is um, I drink this. Martin, you look, this just look, looks just like coffee, but I just drink this mushroom. And it's, it's, it's black and it has an earthy smell. Um, and it has a very satisfying effect on my psyche, but without getting jittery and I sleep wonderful at night. And so this is yeah. one plant that I highly uh, recommend. You want me to keep and going? Uh, Simon, I must tell you that I also do the same thing as my coffee replacement. Not that I ever liked coffee. I actually okay. never had coffee, but I love the mushroom. Uh, and I use some of them. I don't get all of them in uh, India easily, but I use some of them and I enjoy my cup of mushroom elixir, wow. I call it. Wow, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. We're on the same wavelength. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe in the years to come, mushrooms are really going to, uh, to make a tremendous impact and this is going to grow. Absolutely. This is one of those products. Yeah. If there's any business yeah. people watching, I would recommend they go into the mushroom business and bring these mushrooms to the people. It's personally not for me, but 
Yeah, that could be. I think thing. for Simon, so there are wonderful people who do work in this area of bringing this, uh, spreading the language of mushrooms, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe so too, and 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 that's why I'm saying if you are a business person, you may as well start trading these things that really work. And there's a man called Paul Stamets that I oh. recommend watching his uh, his work online. Uh, bringing wonderful mushroom knowledge. So yes, I agree with you. There's absolutely that. Um, here in Bali, we have, um, and I'm sure you have this growing in India too. We have a little plant that literally looks, the leaf looks like a brain. It's mm. a round, and the Latin name is Chantella asiatica. Okay. Um, the uh, English name, I believe, is Pennyworth, and in Bali we call this one Gotukola. I have the powdered form here. Oh yeah, okay, so this is Brahmi, Brahmi. Yeah, yeah, I, I even heard the yogis in the Himalayas, they would, they would oh, meditate, they yeah. saw this one as the crown chakra. And so this is another, ah. for me, a medicine that is really fantastic yes. to drink as a tea. Yes, absolutely. I love Brahmi. My son has been taking Brahmi from the time he was born. Really? Yeah. And how, how do you take it in, in India? So this is quite common. You eat it in salads or you use this as a tea? Or? Uh, so we don't have it fresh. I mean, we do have it growing in some places, but I think what's more easily accessible is the Brahmi powder. Okay. Um, which you can just mix with honey or just have it mixed into a drink. However, yep. um, so again, yeah. a nice earthy taste and it's not very, it's not a strong bitter taste. So uh, most people are comfortable with Brahmi as a herb. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, the other one I brought here is, uh, is an apple, a raw apple cider vinegar. Mm. And I will tell you why I brought this. And if you look in the bottom, you see all these funky bits. That yes. is called the mother. Yeah, that is actually all the probiotics. And the reason I brought in uh, vinegar is that uh, these days people don't have enough uh, uh, acidity in their stomach. Uh, yes. Because things like uh, coffee, but also troubles with our microbiome. And there's mm. all kinds of reason that it seems that our stomach uh, capacity to process has become yes. affected. Our, our food has also become quite complicated. So the way I look at our stomach is it's almost a part outside of our body, like a pouch that is working really hard for us to extract all of the beautiful nutrients from the food and bring it to us. So I feel the stomach almost needs to be, you know, helped out a little bit at times. Um, and, uh, and I, always have to remind myself to chew my food better and to eat slower. Yes. So that is something, you know, to, to, to look at the stomach that really starts in the mouth and it ends, you know, yes. in the anus. Stomach sort of yes. sits in between. And of course, this whole uh, channel is lined with microbes. Mm. And it's an entire ecosystem. And I feel whatever we can do to stimulate that whole ecosystem, so using uh, fermented foods, like I love making my own sauerkraut. And whenever I have leftover vegetables from the garden, too many, I ferment them using salt. And I have, you know, I have videos on, on my new cooking Facebook page, how to do that. It is very easy. And it's just constantly adding these, mm. uh, these, uh, these positive uh, microbes to... Um, to our system and so apple cider vinegar in the morning a little shot in some warm water 
it can really help to sort of uh, kickstart the day. And when it comes to sleep, we often find that if the stomach is still processing too much at night, we lose the ability to, to go into those really deep sleep stages where that deep healing happens. And then we wake up feeling groggy. And so I believe, um, yeah, the stomach and sleeping are very much connected. And therefore, I also try not to eat too much before, you know, going to sleep. I, I tried to eat my last meal around five o'clock. Yes, me too. Afternoon. And people tell me, are you crazy? You eat dinner at yeah. five? And I say, yes, I enjoy my dinner at five, sitting on yeah. my stone bench in the middle among the trees. And uh, I don't yeah. eat after that. But Simon, when you spoke about low stomach acid, um, it's so common to see people thinking that they have too much acid and they're taking antacids and actually uh -huh. destroying that. It's a very common trend. And I see a lot of uh, clients with those challenges. And um, philosophically, I think Agni has got exhausted. Agni needs a little rekindling. Uh, so there's definitely that mm -hmm. aspect. So uh, apple cider vinegar is super. Yeah. So what else is in your toolbox? Yeah. Okay, so I got, I got one more that I brought, and that's uh, the good old, this is more from where I'm from, you know, I was born in the Netherlands, and the good old chamomile, I have it here a little bit left in the jar. Mm. So fragrant, this beautiful little flowers, I'm sure you can get this uh, in, in, in India. And uh, chamomile tea for me in the evening has an incredibly calming effect on me, personally, yeah. I really like it. And so whenever I, you know, a cup of tea in the evening, instead of having a black tea or a stimulating eye or whatever, um, just to have that chamomile tea for me is very, is a beautiful act of self-love for me to give myself that gift. Yes. So that's, uh, that's the last one that I brought. Wonderful. And I think that's, I think mushrooms are wonderful. And the, the beauty about mushrooms is also that no matter what your diet philosophy, because as you know, the dietary world, one of the things that I uh, am not, I prefer not to get into is the constant uh, debate over vegan versus omnivore. And I just feel let the heart decide those choices but mushroom is something which transcends every form so whatever be your diet yeah. you bring in mushrooms um, and you spoke about making yeah. your fermented foods and I will link your page to the show so people can go and see how to make sauerkraut and fermented vegetables and that's also a great way to improve uh, digestibility of foods and um, um, so that people can assimilate it better so is there something more you feel that in the cooking process something could be done to make food easier to digest assimilate and therefore your you get better sleep mm. yeah we mentioned this before but you know what I'm learning now more and more is the simplicity and uh, simplifying foods, I've been a professional chef for 15 years now. I realized that sim simplifying and putting less on the plate is yes. actually the hardest. And yes. uh, I, I recently went to Japan back in March. And I must say that the Japanese have really refined the art of simplifying in a really beautiful and satisfying way. And so whatever that means for you, 
and to mm. you know and, and to, to separate things and to really enjoy those individual flavors um you know because there's so many great spices in india but have we ever considered how amazing cumin is on its own and and so yeah. when we cook a dish instead of adding all the different spices let's bring it back to one or two spices and really enjoying that perfection of nature that's just the last thing that comes to mind that is something i'm, I'm eternally learning myself because i'm a complex guy and i yeah. like to create complexity but then coming back to that simplicity and really appreciating you know the the, the simple things in life yes and that's just that 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 just tells you also how to be as a person just appreciating the little things that you've missed for so long that can just restore the beauty of life itself um and before i know we've had a, a great conversation already but i want to actually see what would you do uh, talk me through how you would actually put ingredients together and create a plate, a meal in itself, which is balanced in every way, not just, I'm not talking about just fats, proteins, but also in terms of balance of flavors. Um, yeah. How would you actually create one plate? So talk us through a great sleep plate. Okay, well, I'll give you the basic understanding from a chef's perspective. Um, what is flavor? That's a good question to ask. What is flavor? Because we, we eat something and we go, wow, what a great flavor. But we don't mm. often think about what this really means. So, because we are, you know, very complex being and we register a lot of different things at the same time when we eat something. So we, we, we register taste. And taste refers to salty, sweet, sour, bitter, or umami. Umami being the, the, the taste of savory. Okay, and then some argue that fat is another one, the sixth one. So the, the sensation of fat in the mouth. But those are those sort of like knee-jerk responses when something is really salty. Okay, go. And then there's aroma. And so aroma is more the perfume that we register in our nose. And so strawberry aroma is very seductive or a rose. But imagine a strawberry with this amazing aroma, but it has no sweetness and no acidity. Okay, mm. it would still be a boring strawberry. So it's the combination of the sweet and a little bit sour and the aroma of strawberry that's already making a nicer strawberry. And then another one comes along that is texture. And imagine if the strawberry just melts in your mouth. It's just sort of like, wow, that would make it a really amazing strawberry. But the problem is now with commercial varieties, they're grown yeah. for transport. So they, they, they are sweet. They are aromatic, but they're cr too crunchy. And then still it's like, you know, and so to stick with strawberry, you know, the whole sensation of this amazing strawberry comes from the, the, the taste, the aroma, the texture. And then there's another one. Imagine you grew up and your first boyfriend used to feed you strawberries on a picnic mm, blanket. Memories. On a spring day, yeah? Strawberries mm. then forever are going to be a fun food to have. So it's those childhood memories, it's your yes. emotional relationship with the food that makes it even more special because you, you, you relate it to something. Like now even for me, Indonesian food does that because I've been here so long. I have all these amazing memories of how I felt when I was sitting with the older Indonesian woman who cooked this beautiful food and I was sitting in her house. It's just that homely feeling. Mm. So for me, 
a great dish embodies amazing flavor, taste, texture, you know, aroma, the whole thing. And then, then, then we create the memories, the feelings around that. So as a chef, we start to consider that and we want to bring in the contrast uh, in terms of those things. So if something is sweet already, we want to bring in some acidity or if something is a little bit bitter, we can bring in some saltiness or mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if you don't know where to start, start with dishes that you like. So you go, I like lasagna. And you go, why do you like lasagna? I don't know, I just like it. Now ask yourself, why do you like lasagna? You know, I really like that, it's layers. And when I stick my spoon in, I sink my spoon through all these different layers. And then there's a tangy sauce and a creamy sauce. You know what I really like? When the little lasagna sheet stuck out and it's all crunchy on the edge. And so then you start to realize what you like is the, the, the textures of creamy and crunchy, the layers, the salty and et cetera, et cetera. And so you start to understand why you like lasagna. And then you can say, well, I'm not making lasagna today because I don't like to use tomatoes and I don't think pasta is healthy. For example, I'm not saying it isn't, but yes. you could mm -hmm. use other ingredients and recreate the lasagna experience. And that's what I've always done as a plant-based chef here in Bali, where I was restricted to local ingredients, not using meat or fish. And again, I'm not against anything. Um, but I was just recreating my childhood dishes and it became very popular because that's, that's how it's operating in my mind. So that's what I recommend for people to do is to think of your favorite dishes, think why you love them, then start sourcing ingredients that you believe are healthy and that are good for the earth, that are local, that, you, you know, that are grown organically. And then you start creating from there. And then you become a chef. In that moment, you are a creator. Mm -hmm. Isn't it exciting? And people will really enjoy that experience i'm sure yeah mm. simon i mean it's been such a i i have learned so much today and when you spoke about aroma i always encourage people to spend a minute just giving into enjoying that aroma before actually starting to eat because there's a physiological aspect that the brain then starts to increase salivary production therefore your digestion yep. improves so just take the food in with all your senses just enjoy every look enjoy the sight the smell and that's what you took us through that was so beautiful mm. um, so simon you're definitely going to have me over in bali very very <laughs> soon but before we conclude just a few questions um, there are so many, there are almost 100 million people with diagnosed sleep disorders and a lot of people who don't actually get a diagnosis but who are just struggling with sleep challenges. And you beautifully took us through listening to sleep challenges as not a problem but as an opportunity for transformation, which itself is a great reframe. That's a beautiful philosophical way to look at it and reframe it because one of the things that people with sleep issues struggle with is the stress of not sleeping. And I keep telling them, don't stress, just, just don't sit in the middle of the night panicking over the fact that you can't fall asleep. Yeah. Sit up, just do some breathing, just hear the sound of your breath or listen to what is your body telling you. And I think we resonate on so many levels. But yeah. what would you say is the biggest uh, 
root cause of poor sleep today in your mind? The biggest root cause, um, I would have to say this, and I, I've never said this to anyone before, but I hear that in India, it's, mm. it's perfectly normal to, to speak about your love of God, whatever God means to you. Yes. And so and it's less accepted here, but I would say the biggest root cause is we somehow strayed away from our own divinity. We strayed away from God, whatever God means to you. We strayed away from the truth. And yeah. not sleeping, there's no more potent time than 3 a.m. in the morning to sit awake in bed. Yes. Because this is the time in Chinese medicine, this is the time of the spirit. And this is why the monks, that's when they meditate. There's mm. no more potent opportunity to sit and meditate and talk with God at that time. So I, I've had times where I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, why am I awake? I'm, I'm feeling fine. What am I doing? I, said, I think God wants to speak to me. And I would just, instead of going on my phone or making it a problem that I'm awake, I'll accept I'm awake now and I better go and speak to God. And I would sit and pray or contemplate or meditate. And at some point, the, the sleep would come back and I would sort of fall back to sleep around five o'clock. And so I would say that's, that's really for me the root cause and the root solution is to to come closer to uh, that, that greater part of us. And then trust that things will rebalance. It might take some time, it might take some weeks, months, or even years. We're gonna find our way back and we're going to sleep well again and we're gonna feel refreshed again during the day. Yes. And that's the, that's the main thing, yeah. And the time you spoke about in India, it's called Brahma Muhurtam. So that time in the morning where it's very, very full of energy. So it's a prana rich time. And I always encourage people that if you do stay up late working on something, try to change that, go to bed early and it's okay. Wake up early, you'll be so full of insights. And I find at that time, um, your mind just floods with creativity. You get insight into where you need to go next. And it's definitely, I think, the fact that it's referred to in a similar manner in different traditions is testimony to that time being of immense uh, pranic value. So that's um, mm, yeah. beautiful. And before I let you go, Simon, um, I also want to, before I come to the last mantra of our uh, podcast, is just for people to take away. I think what I really took away from your share today is just bringing back love into the whole process of food and uh, not to look at food with stress not to look at food as something to just get done, just bringing back some of that connection to food. Um, so um, we have a mantra on the podcast, if sleep is the new medicine, and then we have our guests complete that sentence. So how would you complete that? Let, let me meditate on this for one second. Yes, absolutely. If sleep is the new medicine, then doctors will have more time to go on holiday. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Simon. Thank you for being a guest on the show today. And uh, where can people find you? I will link your uh, pages, of course, but where would you like to direct people? Um, New Earth Cooking 
is uh, is what I use to communicate this into the world. So on Instagram, there is the new Earth Cooking account as well as the new School account. Okay. Um, on Facebook, there is a page called New Earth Cooking that contains hundreds of videos, inspirational videos that you can scroll through. And then we have a website for the school, www.newearthcooking.com, uh, which we will, will be updated in the future as we are in the process of birthing an online school. So if you can't make it to Bali, we're gonna bring Bali to you as we're hoping to launch this platform in February, 2021, where we can bring you all of these recipes and philosophies. Now, besides that, I run two Facebook groups myself. There's New Earth Cooking, Learn, Share, Grow. That's the name of the Facebook group linked to the New Earth Cooking Facebook page. And at the moment, and it will be stored there, I'm running a free one month course. I mean, donations are welcome, but it's generally free. Um, in which I communicate the essence of New Earth Cooking in 10 minutes a day. And that only started uh, two days ago, last Monday. So it's not, it's not too late to join that group. And you can go to the units and do that course uh, at your own uh, pace. And then I have a private Facebook group linked to my name. It's called The Forest, in which we dive really deep together. And I run at the moment a free or by, by donation as well, meditation course. So if meditation is something... And that greatly improves sleep, I believe. Yes. Um, 10 minutes a day is what I offer, where we on a one month meditation journey. We generally, we do one month journeys in this group. And that group is called The Forest. And uh, that's linked to my personal Facebook profile. Uh, and, and you have my name right yes. there. So Simon Yamanoff, yes. you can find me. And um, yeah, that's how I bring all of this into the world. And I trust that the right people find it. And, uh, and yes. I'm in service of... Yes. Uh, of Mother Earth, which for me is the, the feminine aspect to the divine. And so the, the, the goddess to the gods. And, uh, and it's uh, for me, it's truly my calling and I will continue to show up uh, for that. And I thank you greatly for having me today and asking such wonderful questions and, and converging with me in this way. It was really, uh, I really enjoyed it. And Simon, when you spoke about your online um, program starting in Feb about cooking, please sign me up as your very first student right now. Uh, I definitely want to be a part of that and I will see you in Bali for sure. I will touch base, I will come, I will be with you and I will learn under you how to cook for better sleep as an alchemist of food. Wow. Thanks, Simon. Thank you so much. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. This is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a medical practitioner. Please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your doctor or otherwise qualified healthcare professional. 
it is in no way intended as medical advice as a substitute for medical counseling or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition be sure to always work directly with a qualified health practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding if you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com or www.sleepwhisperer.pro it is important that you have someone who's qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care especially when it comes to chronic health conditions Thank you.